Hello, it's the Do More Good Christmas special, and it is quite special. We're talking to Peter Cross, Customer Experience Director for John Lewis and Waitrose, about their hotly anticipated advert and the Give a Little Love campaign. We talk about the importance of the high street, supporting the nightingale, how CSR is a crucial element to brand, and getting your hands dirty in the garden. Welcome to season five of the Do More Good podcast. You're listening to the Do More Good podcast. The Do More Good podcast. Uh, welcome to Do More Good podcast. Do more good. Do good. Do more. Do more good podcast. Do more good podcast. That's what you want me to say. Okay. You're listening to the Do More Good podcast. Here we are, James, episode number 65. It's a Christmas special of the Do More Good podcast. How are you doing? Kenneth, I am good. I'm feeling festive today. How about you? Absolutely. And I mean, you know, we've got a great guest, a great topic for this this week's pod. But yeah, I'm all right. I'm excited. It's nearly Christmas. Have you done any shopping? You, you ticked off? I've been been around. We've done lots of, lots of ordering, um, lots of deliveries at the door. And yeah, kids are getting really excited. So it's it's all building up. What about you? Yeah, nice. Yes, I think we're nearly there. We're nearly there. I've been distracted, as you would have seen, because I'm doing this ridiculous run every day through December challenge, which I started off feeling really enthused about. And now, as we're fully into it, I'm beginning to feel it in the legs every morning, particularly on a cold day like today. But but no. Good. All good. What's that? The 5K Daily Dash, isn't it? It's called the December Daily Dash. Yes. So I've got to basically drag myself out of bed and run around the local park to do three miles every day. Um, and somehow I am managing to slow down as we are going. You should get quicker, <laughs> but I am managing to slow up. Well, look, you, good that you're getting and doing that. We've all been sat at our desks too long, aren't we? Not getting up and, and moving around and, enough. But I think it's just want to take this opportunity, James, just to, to thank everyone who's listened to the podcast over the last year and who's got in touch it's it's been a year that i'm sure we'll look back on in 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 years to come once we haven't put it to one side completely you know it's been a, it's been a real challenge but just wanted to say that you know thank you to everyone who's listened and fed back and the amazing that guests that we've had this year and uh, you know hopefully culminating in a a great guest again today for our christmas special but it's been a special one don't you think it absolutely has yeah it's all a bit different but i tell you what i am looking forward to getting back to that pub that's going to be a celebratory <laughs> one, isn't it? So, oh, it absolutely yeah. will be. It absolutely will be. And you know what, James, actually, just one thing that, that's come up this week, and I'd be interested just in your view, I think it seems there's a little bit of a glimmer of positivity coming around. I don't know whether it's just the run up to Christmas, the conversations that I've had with people in the sector, but, you know, people are starting to speak more positively about 2021. And I think that's that's really helping me personally, just in terms of, putting 2020 behind but um yeah hopefully there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel that's getting yeah it certainly seems that way all the talk of vaccine is is ridiculously positive isn't it there's no word of caution there so we've been budgeting for next year around plans for for events and and face-to-face meetings and things so um let's hope so yeah it's looking good Cool. Well, look, we've got a really exciting guest this week to talk to about, you know, for our Christmas special. We thought we'd get try and get something that ties into the Christmas theme. So I'll get on and, and give him an introduction. 
So with a successful career spanning more than 30 years in marketing and communications, our guest this week has worked in senior roles for some of the most well-known brands in the world, including Burberry, L'Oreal and the luxury brand Dunhill. And following a career in global marketing and comms positions, he joined the Portas Group in 2004 to become a managing partner working alongside founder Mary Portas in the strategic retail agency. Then in 2013, he joined the world-renowned retailer John Lewis as communications director before becoming the customer experience director covering John Lewis and Waitrose in early 2020. He's well known for a frank view and a bold ambition, having been with the brand for almost 10 years. He's recently led the charge in building new experiences for customers during the pandemic. And as part of the brand ambition to pivot into real social purpose, he launched the massively successful Give a Little Love campaign, which we're really excited to hear a bit more about. The John Lewis Christmas ad, it's an annual tradition. It starts the run into Christmas each year. And in 2020, Give a Little Love campaign aims to harness the spirit and the thoughtfulness of the pandemic and create an outpouring of kindness to help Britain's struggling families. It's got a really ambitious aim to raise £5 million for its two beneficiary charities, Fair Share and Homestart. And the campaign has received high praise for its social good message. And we thought it'd be really interesting to hear how the campaign came about and how it ties in with John Lewis's recently stated ambition to be a completely different kind of business and to be a force for good. So we're really pleased to welcome Peter Cross to the Do More Good podcast. Hello, Peter. How are you? I'm very, I'm very good, thank you. And um, thank you for the very flattering introduction. It made me sound as if I was about five million years old. Um, <laughs> which, as it gets closer to Christmas, that is exactly how I feel. But it's it, a massive privilege to be part of your brilliant podcast. Thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Peter, thank you for your time. As we say, it's really good to have someone with your experience and, and maybe a slightly different type of guest that we would normally have on the show. But just, just a little bit of background on you, Peter. Obviously, you've been working in and around retail brand marketing position creative for a number of years in your career. Just interested in, in, in the social good element of that and, and, and how maybe retailers have changed over your career, really, and, and how you've seen that message come more to the forefront maybe in recent times. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, you get more out of people, don't you, Kenneth, if you, if you get them doing things that they enjoy and they're mm. passionate about. And, and I know that my passions have always been reflected in my work. And I guess one of my purest passions is a belief in people and the potential of people. And I, I hope that's manifested itself in the, in the work I've done with some of my teams. But I know, particularly in the, in the Mary years, we got very, very engaged in the in the potential of people and the potential of communities. So hence jumping into high streets and, and wanting to really invest in, in these places that were becoming so tired and forgotten uh, and then communities were suffering as a result. So we got very excited about the role that the high street would play in the, as being the kind of the, the hub, the glue, the, the, the soul of, of, a, of, a, of the identity you know, of, of a community. So I think that really sort of lit a little light inside me. And uh, we ended up doing all kinds of all kinds of stuff in that space. And then when I was looking for a company to work for, when you work for yourself for 10 years, it's not easy to join a, a business, you know, that, that, that's owned by somebody else. So John Lewis was the brand that sort of sung to me, really, because it was it, it was a different 
better way of doing business. It's employee-owned. It has values, and it's always actually played a, a role in our communities. You know, particularly you know Waitrose. You know, you'll know the Green Token Scheme. So these things grow like you know little fires inside you uh, in your career. And I think uh, you, you know this this campaign particularly has been a chance to to play on a bit of a bigger stage. I think it's really interesting you're talking there about the, the authenticity of your your passion there. And talking about stores and high streets being the centre of communities, that feels that never feels more true than than this year when everyone locally to me has been at home, and I've been visiting the shops at the end of my road far more than I've you know small independent with a deli down there and there's a bakery and places that I wouldn't have gone to if I'm commuting into town. But this year I've been in a few times a week. It's been lovely. I think you're right, James. I think that one of the deep ironies of this could be that you know maybe the pandemic is actually the saviour of the local high street, because there was a very high risk, you know, in front of our noses, all of this was going to be put into jeopardy. All of these local brilliant businesses that were plugging away, just because it was so easy to buy online. And suddenly, because we had, either we couldn't get a delivery slot, or we were bored, and we just, you know, we're just wandering around businesses that maybe we hadn't seen before, because we were closer. We've rediscovered the, the artisans and the bakers and the butchers and the charity shops and all these things suddenly are, are you know, are, are being rediscovered. And of course, they're not new. It's just that we'd, we'd got out of the habit of shopping there. Yeah. And certainly you talked about the Mary years. I'm sure she would approve of, of some of the efforts that they have gone to to adapt and allow customers in and the way that they've innovated to, to keep the doors open. It's been amazing to see. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Peter, I mean, obviously, we'll come into the campaign, but, you know, I think a a lot of our interviews recently have been reflecting on on how 2020 has been for for individuals, whether they've been working in a charity, whether they've been starting their own own social enterprise. For you working for one of the, you know, the best known brands that we have in the UK, how have you and in your role and in terms of customer experience had to adapt through the challenge that 2020 has been? I like a challenge. So <laughs> I quite enjoy something that's a bit scary, really, because I've, I've always been you know, made like that. But I, I certainly had one this year. I, I actually started working at Waitrose. I'd always been in John Lewis. And I started working at Waitrose. I think it was something like three weeks before it, this pandemic became real. So um, I mean, it was still it was, you know, skirting around Southeast Asia somewhere, but we hadn't really all understood how big this was going to be. I don't think in, in those early days of doing this job in in John Lewis and Waitrose. So I moved into Waitrose in, in the first weeks of, of the reality of the pandemic. So I remember, you know, I remember doing a, a call and we were measuring what two meters would look like in a supermarket. And we were thinking about these things that we started to call sneeze screens. And then we started having brainstorms about what we could do for the NHS and vulnerable hour, as we call it. So we were really at the vanguard of redefining shopping through a social distancing lens, which was a very unusual way to start a new job, being honest with you. And then, of course, that just carried on. And we did all kinds of brilliant things. I remember that we had a team that went into the Nightingales and, and built all of the restrooms for the staff. Uh, with John Lewis Furniture, and we designed a soundtrack uh, with expert composers. We were making gowns and face marks. I don't know. I mean, it was, it was for many, many people, this has been a crazy, weird, uh, unexpected year. But being at the heart of feeding the nation meant it had another, another element to it. You talk about liking a challenge and three weeks in to have, you know, a global pandemic hit, a, <laughs> hit you there. That's a, that's a big challenge, isn't it? 
It brings out the best in people, doesn't it? It's, it's amazing, actually, how the, the, we talked about it at the time, that the pace, the ingenuity, the resilience, the collaboration that we saw in people was just unprecedented. Uh, and putting aside people's own individual fears for their own health and well-being, you know, everyone just threw themselves into it. And it was um, not to mention, of course, the people who were in the supermarket actually serving customers. They became frontline workers, not necessarily through their own choosing. So yeah. if hats off to our own partners. Yeah, because you know, I was you know, just scribbling that. Into, you're managing two audiences, aren't you? You've got your customers coming. You're also managing your staff and your duty of care over, like you say, frontline workers. You've got, you've got to find, a, find the balance there that you're looking after everybody. And of course, they are our owners. In the case of the partnership, they, they own the business they work for. So, so their interests are doubly important. And so, Peter, moving into the campaign, give a little love. And I mean, you know, an absolute... Brilliant execution, I think, that deserves all the plaudits it, it gets in terms of the creative, what it looks like, the impact, the emotion, you know, everything that I guess we come to assume with the uh, with the John Lewis ad. But at what point during the year did it feel like this was an opportunity for, for John Lewis to really, or the partnership to, to really push that social good message to the front and actually really have an impact for the thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who are have been impacted by the pandemic? With all creative decisions, it's, it's, it's rarely just a sort of hallelujah moment when you go, this is it. So inevitably, these decisions are iterative and progressive, you know, as, as things unfold. You know, I think we, I mean, the truth is, there was a point that we thought, do we do an ad at all? Is it the right thing this year to just, you know, sign a big check? And to be honest with you, what kicked in was the, was the sort of, we don't want to be the Grinch of Christmas, you know, because uh, people actually quite look forward to this ad. So we need to uh, we need to make an ad. But then you once you've crossed that barrier, it's then what it, what is the campaign? And we needed to reflect the mood of a nation and capture the right tone and the right emotion. So you don't want people to laugh out loud, but you also don't want people to start bawling in crying their eyes out because we've you know let's face it, we've probably done enough enough of that this year so it's striking that that sense of of contentment maybe is the way we described it and then of course we thought it's it's really not just about the ad this year it's about something that's more holistic more enduring and more meaningful it sounds a bit grand but we talked about a, a social movement of kindness whereby we we were genuinely inspired by the outpouring of of kindness you know these random acts of kindness people talk about particularly during that first wave of the pandemic when you got people just looking out for each other so that was you know look no further but that was our our inspiration and then we thought how can we just revisit that sense of of, of kindness and good and encourage people to put a, put a shining light on it and then encourage people to do a little bit more of it without it being too too worthy mm. because ultimately we are a retailer you know and we want to it's, it's christmas you're right it's a very delicate balance you have to a fine line you have to walk with that ad and obviously in preparation for this we were looking back over previous ads and how you what you've done this year around you said it there about capturing the mood of the nation and that small acts of kindness is a lovely lovely thing to have to have shined the light on and your ads are always about giving rather than receiving which is the, you know the nice angle of christmas and like you say, there's a little, a little bit of humour in there. There's a tear-jerking twist at the end. And you've got to squeeze all of that, plus a song, strip back a classic song and get that in there as well, all in two minutes. 
and take people on a journey, surprise them at the end. I mean, it's, it's, it is artistry, what you've what you come to at the end there. And James, you're working the whole thing out on blessed Zoom calls. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. this, like yeah. we are now oh. in your pub. Yeah, so, absolutely. And I'm a people person. I find it really, really hard getting that, just that human creative energy going when you're on a blooming call. Yeah. 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 Well, and the uncertainty of not knowing what was around the corner. Things have changed. You know, certainly for us at work, it's been, been a weekly basis thing could change or who knows what would be going on in, in December. So you, you forecast that one very well. Any tips then, Peter, on that? Because, I mean, running a creative process over the last eight, nine months, however long it's been when you start thinking about the ad, what, what has that been like? Because I'm sure in terms of our audience, we generally speak to fundraisers, I think. You know, these are people working of charities of all sizes, right through from working with major donors to corporates to individual giving and you know very often fundraisers are asked to put together campaigns three four a year quite quickly and I think that creativity has been something that I know many have said has been quite a challenge how how did John Lewis address how did you guys address that creativity through this new digital format that we're all now working through I don't know if I've got I don't know if I've got a really good answer to that I know we found it very hard we did do a few meetings in 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 person but I don't, I don't think it's, I think of, of the many, many great strengths of this virtual way of meeting, I don't believe that the, the sort of creativity is, is the sort of winner in it. Because I think, it's, I think it comes from hu- natural human energy that flows between people. And creativity comes from the strangest of places. The art of a creative leader is to spot it and kind of go, what you just said is a really, really brilliant idea. And you're reading people's body language and you're watching them. And, and often people come up with, you know, I've got this, I've got this idea. And you go, that's, that is it, what you just said, mm. the idea. So you've got to spot them, I think, in, in a very difficult sort of context. I find it personally quite frustrating, actually, particularly in this creative space. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So whilst Kenneth is off getting the drinks in, I'll just remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Do More Good Pod. Or take a look at the website, domoregood.uk, which is where you can sign up for the Do More Good newsletter. A reminder about new episodes, news on our latest plans, and perhaps some VIP content. Now, I'm a big fan of the like, whereas Kenneth is more of a retweet kind of guy. Either way, we'd love to hear from you with thoughts, suggestions, reviews, or just to let us know you got home okay. Anyway, he's on his way back now. So just going on to the charities that you, you decided to work for, Peter, how did that process come about of thinking, OK, we're going to we're going to do the ad. We know the kind of message that we want to put it out there. At some point, you wanted to bring in and, and help as an organisation, you know, two charities that are doing amazing work. How did that come about? It was it was fairly straightforward, actually, because it's it comes from our brands and our brands are famous for food, mm-hmm. famous for families. Uh, and, and hopefully famous for sort of um, good and communities. And so that's, that's certainly our intent. So we very quickly, uh, Fair Share we were already working with, um, who are just a brilliant organisation. Of course, they were, they've recently come to even more prominence with the brilliant Marcus Rashford's work, you know. So mm. we were very well aware of them. And um, you can almost never do enough to support Fair Share. It's a phenomenal organisation. And then when we thought specifically about, about families, we came to a lesser known charity called, called Homestart, who fundamentally are a volunteering organization that really help families in need, disadvantaged families, to, to, give, a, to give a sort of leg up. 
and less well-known than, than, than Fair Share. But there was an instant meeting of minds, really. And I, and I think when you're working with a charity, that again, it's that human thing that kicks in. You want to you want to be on the same page. Mm. We, we hope that, you know, that, that they've been on the same journey w- with us, because none of us quite knew where this would get to. We deliberately didn't want it to be a big commercial enterprise. We, we knew we wanted to be selfless this 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 christmas so it wasn't going to be about you know buy loads of presents and you know even, even though we obviously do want people to buy buy food and presents uh, but whilst you're doing it think of other people but once we'd had the meeting of minds it's been a, a tremendous collaboration and then everything we've done since has, has come from that so obviously we we actually for the first year created a, a, an exclusive track with a celeste wrote a certain exclusive track, which is the first for us because in the past it's been a, 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 a brilliant cover but she wrote an exclusive exclusive piece and penned it herself and and that was again an instant an instant uh, love affair because her voice is is you know is, is sense absolutely sensational and then we've got a collaboration which we just launched last week with Deliveroo called donate a plate so again every time you, you you're ordering your waitrose order through Deliveroo which is now possible in, in certain shops uh, again you can donate a plate on your order and that Will help the campaign as well so it's span off in a lot of areas and th- and they've been you know they, they i think i hope they enjoyed it as much as, as much as we have certainly fair share have had had quite the year haven't they with with marcus rashford and, and yourselves partnering with them and obviously you've got all sorts of ideas going on there how do you manage to kind of just focus on a few Oh, I'm terrible at that. I'm, 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 <laughs> so are we, don't worry. <laughs> oh, I'm just rubbish at sort of narrowing it. Let's just narrow it down. And Oh, let's not narrow it down. Let's keep it big. So, I, And that's the most probably the most irritating thing about me. But I'm, I'm, I don't mind being, a good, being given a good slap, you know. And so, <laughs> no, the list already, there is enough. It's um, not as easy virtually, though, is it, to give out a good slap? That's, that's the problem. Oh, there needs to be a little <laughs> slap button, doesn't there? Somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I, I find it hard. I think um, I think as long as the, the ideas that you that you narrow into are, are brave enough and different enough in a world where my God, we've all got so much going on, uh, th- then I'm happy, you know. And as long as they're robust and, and and we really see them through, but the challenge then is knowing which ones to narrow narrow in on. Yeah, as that challenge, I'm just interested uh, again thinking of the the charity sector in terms of working with an organisation such as John Lewis Partnership. You're huge. You've got big teams you've got you you do this year after year you're probably very slick outfit in terms of you know delivering what you say you're going to deliver when and then working with you know charities which sometimes aren't on that kind of timeline how how's that been in terms of the experience of going out with the ad and actually working alongside charities to deliver on its objectives i i know the i know there is that sort of um uh, you know, it's a possibility of, of that. That certainly hasn't happened in this case at all. And if, to be honest, with you, it's been almost a bit off it. They've been sort of chomping at our heels, saying, "Come on," you know, because they've been in it. We've been in it together, and I've really yes. felt that this, in this instance, been, has been a genuine, a genuine collaboration. But I think, I think because you've had that, you know, once you've really had that honest conversation up front, that really honest conversation about this is what we want on both sides. Mm. Then you sort of set up for success, but it's it's once you've once you've established that framework, maybe right at the beginning, Kenneth. That then then you know what it, what each other's in this for. Yeah, uh, and you you can't you know you you can't expect quite the same things of a charity as you might expect from a corporate. And if you and if you do expect the same things, then that's maybe just a, a bit foolish, really, because there isn't necessarily going to be that infrastructure there. 
too often that that discussion right up front where you have that honesty doesn't happen in the right way because maybe you know the charity really wants to work with the corporate and kind of maybe has the conversation around the outside without actually getting to the crux of why they want the partnership and what they the impact that they want it to have for them so it's it's good to hear that your experience has been a really positive one with these with these organizations this year yeah no definitely has i think this is let's just call it csr in its in its broadest sense is a critical part and increasingly critical component of doing business today it's a competitive thing because everyone wants the right partnerships for their brand and the charities will be aware of the value they can bring to to corporate reputation to some extent it's it's a, it's a non-negotiable for the future the key thing then is to make sure that i guess the charity is is then set up to to monitor that to, 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 and, and to sort of establish, you know, what the value is of that in, in its broadest sense. Mm. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I think that would be, be be interesting to our listeners about about charities seeing the value that they bring to a partnership. So rather than just the other way around and partnering with John Lewis being a big deal for them, but actually what, you know, what do we bring to the table and what is our own value and not underestimating what somebody like their share in Homestart can do. Kenneth talked about it at the beginning, but what are your, what are your ambitions for the campaign and the impact it might have, whether that's financial or societal? Well, there's an immediate impact, which is raising cash, which has to be in the millions to be worthwhile. So that's the immediate thing. And obviously we're, we're selling merchandise. Get your T-shirts, lads. Pin <laughs> badges. We've got a charity single, of course, Celeste single. Every swipe of your My John Lewis card, et cetera, gives you a, or obliges us to then make a donation. So there's the immediate fundraising but the, the longer term and we use the it's a bit of a grand word but legacy we want this to be a long-term commitment to the strategic ambition of the business which is to be perceived as a, a force for good and this is the first chapter of that of that journey where it will go in the future years will be dependent on on many many things when you walk around you know some of the shops and you see it live it's pretty it's a pretty powerful brand actually it's a living breathing brand and already it's gone in quite a lot of different sort of directions so we see it as an, an organic movement something that's live and uh, and will continue to move and be shaped by customers but also about the love that we give it we're in it for the long term i hope mm. can i get my little plug in here absolutely please do plug cheeky plug so um <laughs> like every good sort of celebration and like every good party, it needs a bit of a bit of a climax towards the end of it. So on the 18th of December, we're inviting anyone who's got one of our loyalty cards. So, you know, the My John Lewis and the My Waitress cards, the little green and blue ones. Yeah. If you've got that, that's all you need to get into the party. Basically, we're making our first ever television program. It's an hour long. Some big celebrity hosts. Celeste's going to sing her, her, her song. We've got bikes. We've been planning it today. Bikes running around the country um, doing live huge thank yous to what we're calling these community heroes so the people that got this country through the pandemic so at the moment we're tracking them down and we're going to turn up like a crazy a crazy camp <laughs> these brilliant bonkers surprises for the uh, the heroes of, of you know of covid britain so um i mean it's mad really but it but then if you turn up and you get your free ticket we'll encourage you if you, if you can to make a little donation as well uh, and there's a big christmas quiz and but it should be it should be a fantastic night oh sounds good sounds very good yeah That's, that sounds what peter with you you saying you know you're creating your first tv show i mean 
you know, that sounds like a, a good example of a pivot that you've had to make this year, because I'm not sure that was in the plans pre-pandemic to actually start creating your own TV type content, was it? No, God, no, of course it wasn't. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but the notion of co- the criticality of content in a digital mm. age, it, all brands understand that. And mm. you see the way brands use their social platforms for, for increasingly impressive content that they produce themselves it's only a matter of time before brands do produce their own shows and have their own you know gosh their own soap operas and god knows whatever so all all these things are a matter of time but like many things in life the pandemic has probably accelerated it like your you know the heartfelt christmas ad you were first one there as well so uh yeah, we'll be tuning in on the 18th. <laughs> Peter, I was just going to ask you just one question, and, and, and I realise that we're, we're pushing on for time, but, you know, you talked about the importance of CSR. You talked about, for, for the partnership, that this is going to, you know, the first of many chapters, hopefully, in terms of the activity that you have planned over the over the years to come. But I'm just, as an organisation that, you know, heavily focused on on your partners in terms of your staff, I was just interested in what part do they play in, in your decisions around this campaign and actually their perceptions or how they've perceived the campaign on the run up to Christmas when, as you say, you know, they're, they're frontline workers, they're, they're dealing day in, day out and providing a real service. I just wondered if you can touch on that for a moment. Yeah, well, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything to us, actually, the role of our, our staff, our partners. So we had 700 activators who were self-selected, people who care about this stuff right across every business unit. And their job fundamentally is to motivate and mobilize their shop or their business unit distribution center, whatever, uh, and then to partner with Fair Share and Homestart. Um, so we release another water cash that they would spend locally. And then they'd reach out to the, to the independent volunteers and, and representatives of the charities to make sure that on the ground, we really are, are doing good. So the joy that you watch from that uh, and we've experienced from that has been brilliant. I say we're on these flipping Zoom calls. You know, it's quite, it's quite difficult to know actually what's happened. And I, I went to my mum um, my, my and dad's local Waitrose in um, Gerrard's Cross in Buckinghamshire. And I was kind of checking out. I, I just sort of said, you know, what, tell me about the, the Give a Little Love campaign to the, the brilliant lady on the, uh, on the checkout, expecting her to, you know, say, oh, no, it's our lovely Christmas campaign. And she burst into tears. She burst into tears. And, and then, of course, I started getting emotional. And she said, God, I've never felt so proud to be a partner in this business. Uh, and I just, you know, and then I said, well, listen, I should work for the partnership. I've been involved in this. And she didn't know. I think she just thought I was just some bloke coming in, you know, buying my, my, my bread and milk. It was, it was all worth it. At that moment, it was all worth it. That is the dream mystery shopping, isn't it? That is. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? Yeah. Touch the hearts and minds. Well, look, Peter, I mean, really interesting to get your perspective on on the campaign, on on the organisation and and the future. Anything else you'd like to share? Obviously, we're we're all getting out our cards to to register for this brilliant event. Is it it going to be next Friday, did you say? Yeah, Friday the 18th, live from London and right across the nation. Uh, Ridiculously ambitious, of course, but... um, (laughs) It's the only way. That was one of the ideas that did get channeled down, that one. That one, that one stayed in there. No, anything else? No, but just, God, guys, just keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're in an enormously important and growing area of, of the economy, of the marketing discipline, uh, and, and of the way that, you know, the way world has worked. So um, 
you're doing brilliantly. So thank you for um, everything you do. Perfect. Thank you. Look, Peter, we do have a couple of quick fire questions that we like to just chuck into the end of uh, interview. So if you don't mind, so there shouldn't be anything too too challenging and, and please don't cry on us if uh james you want to shoot off sure, the first um, one? i'll go first yeah so uh peter if you could transport back in time and meet your 20 year old self what piece of advice would you give and why i would say to myself bit obvious but i'd say you know be you and believe in yourself because you're okay one day you're on your own tv show <laughs> yes, exactly. It's not my job. It's not my job. And even though with Peter Cross, yeah. Clarity. <laughs> this will be an interesting one. This one's always an interesting question after the pandemic. Can you tell us about one life hack or a productivity tool or some habit or skill or something you've taught yourself recently that you think everybody needs to know about? Gardening. Oh my oh. God. The joy, the joy of dirty nails. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most therapeutic and the seeing things grow i always you know you're a kid and you got dragged into garden centers and yeah. it was just like don't take me to the garden center and i love them it might be an age thing this could be this could be an age thing but a gardening without a shadow of a doubt i'm nice. with you on that one the great outdoors in the garden not that not that i've got many plants that are growing but uh yeah definitely getting yeah. outside and some activity I've... is good I am useless on the gardening front, but I am good at dragging my kids to a garden centre. So I feel like I've done the first half of that, put them through that. Although just on a related subject, I was speaking to a colleague at work today who went out and got his Christmas tree at the weekend. And he, and he bought it from a, an ethical supplier of Christmas trees where oh. they give you the Christmas tree in a pot. You have to water it, keep it fed. You hire it for the period and then you return it after Christmas and they oh. keep it alive. It grows more. And then you, so, yeah, I thought that okay. was a nice. Uh, Love that. Christmas Christmas related. Related. Yeah. But yeah. Final question for you. As a podcast that is focused around people doing more good, what is your favourite story or inspiring individual you have met on your journey or recently who has done something good for others? So, well, funnily enough, and I'm not going to give you his name so you have to tune in next Friday, but I have just heard about this extraordinary man who is good personified. And literally, again, we were all stunned to silence when we heard his story, based in a serious lockdown, tier three, northeast of the of the UK, who instantly, the whole group of us said, um, we, we want to look out for him. So he will be the recipient of this crazy stunt. And uh, you've got to tune in next Friday to find out who he is. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Professional marketeer <laughs> leaving it on a cliffhanger. Right? Brilliant. Peter, look, thank you so much for your time. We do really appreciate it. It's been great to talk to you and say great to hear the, hear the inside track and, and how those types of ideas and congratulations once again to, to you on the team for an absolutely excellent ad this year. And we look forward to seeing how it continues to develop. Thanks for inviting me on, guys. No worries. Good. Any final thoughts, James? Just need to hope you enjoy unwrapping a, a new trowel and spade on Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> we should say Merry Christmas, shouldn't we? We should. Merry Christmas, guys. We should do. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Peter. All the best, guys. Cheers. Just before you go, we have part two of our Christmas special coming up for you next week. We talk to Peter and Lindsay from Homestart and Fairshare to hear about the partnership from their side. I know, I know. We're spoiling you. 
if anyone wants to kind of follow up and actually enjoy this thing, where can they find us? Well, we're on Twitter, Kenneth. At Do More Good Pod. Instagram. At Do More Good Pod. Have we gone multi-channel and even gone to YouTube? We have. But you can find all those videos on the website, domoregood.uk. And if you want to contact us by email, please use contact at domoregood.uk. 